this is Miguel Honore of Quick Step Alcohol Team. You listen to the Turbo Talk podcast. All right, all, welcome back to the Turbo Talks podcast. My name is Rob Pau. I am your host, and I'm extremely excited about today's episode and guest because the start of the biggest race of the year is only three days away. It is time for the Tour de France. And with the start this year being in Denmark, it was only fitting to have a rider on the podcast who will make his Tour de France debut in his home country. He has been on the show before and we're happy to have him back. Welcome Mikkel Honoré of Quickstep Alpha Vinyl Team. Hi Mikkel, how are you? I'm good. Hey man, all good here in Denmark. You know, we have uh, some good temperatures warm these days and... Uh, yeah, just waiting for the final approach to the start of the tour here in Copenhagen. And yeah, obviously looking really much forward to, to the first days here. Yeah, like I said, it's now the, the Tuesday. You start on a Friday. What's, what's your overall feeling? Is it nerves or is it excitement at the moment? To be honest, a bit of a mix of both, I would say. Yeah, you know, super excited, but still some nerves obviously as well. To, to start here, you know, it's going to be an incredible party and, and experience here in Denmark to, to have the, the tour. You know, we are really passionate about cycling as a country. Uh, and, and I think this year, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, was this something that you may have secretly dreamed about as a kid? Yes, uh, 100%. Uh, first of all, you know, to to do the Tour de France, uh, whether if it starts in Denmark, Holland or France, you know, it's always a really big uh, experience and opportunity as a professional cyclist. So first of all, to, to start and participate in the Tour was always a big dream, but then to have the possibility to, to do it in your home country, it's something you can't even compare or dream or think about, you know. So that's uh, that's something really, really special for me and I think all my other Danish colleagues as well. Yeah, because you're not the only one, obviously not the only Dane on the Quick Step Alpha Vinyl team. Casper uh, Askeren is going to be there, Michael Murkov is going to be there. Um, and I think really excited, we'll dive into the route a little bit later on, but are you most looking forward maybe to stage three? It's passing your home, your hometown about like 10 exactly. kilometers. Exactly. Exactly, you know that's that stage is super close, and uh, I know all the roads until around 30k to go. Um, but it's still even the, the the finishing roads. You know, Denmark is still so small, so I would say, you know, even all the roads here. Um, so all the roads in the start are, are my training roads from Bailey towards Sunabo, and uh, that's that's for me the the. Yeah, the stage I'm looking most forward to, together with, of course, the start in, in Copenhagen, which is gonna be, gonna be amazing. So I was always going to say, uh, you might then not even need your newer Garmin 1040 Edge Solar for the navigation. I mean, I mean, I will, I will, I will use it and put it anyway. But um, I don't really need the map. But I mean, for sure, later on in the tour, it will be really necessary. Uh, depends also if the Danish sun will keep on shining, but I mean, I think we we are lucky, and it's a nice uh, nice period and and warm uh, summer so far here in Denmark. Have you already uh, looked a little bit about the weather forecast for the wind as well? Because there might be some good open sections that could really make it a tricky stages in Denmark. 
Absolutely. I mean, now, you know, I've lived abroad for, for a couple of years, but now coming back and training and, and, and being here in Denmark, you quickly realize how, how you know, how you for easily forget the wind because on no, not windy days at all, it's still super windy here. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be a very nervous punch, very nervous and, and hard stages, uh, especially for the mind because you need to be you know 110 focus all the time on on from each corner on um with with the wind direction and and the, and the wind gust as, as well so it's gonna be um, a super demanding stage uh, for the for the mind to to always be on 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 game yeah and we already mentioned it. you're going to make a, your debut uh when did you get the knot of sort of like the say like, okay, Mikkel, you're going to be in the tour squad. And what was your first reaction? It was, it was super late, you know, it was in, in last minute, but that's, that's how all the, I mean, all the Tour de France teams are nowadays. And you're just still hoping to, to have a negative uh, PCR test as well, you know, because before in, in these times, you can never be really sure about anything, even without, let's say, symptoms or whatsoever. So, um it was it was a late uh 100 you know i knew for a long time you were always in the in the pre-selected squad uh but the let's say 100 uh, official selection is always uh, last minute for for most of us so it was um a super super great moment to have and and happiness for me to to be in the Tour de France for the first time and to have my debut here in, in Denmark in the counterpoint in Copenhagen. So that's uh, for me, the, the you know, the two haven't started yet, but for sure one highlight of my my life so far. Uh, you already mentioned like the negative uh, PCR test. So we can't really get around it. Uh, I think just before re-recording this, uh, I've heard you uh, had a change in the team because Saint-Nichel is going to be replacing Tim de Klerk, unfortunately. Uh, is it, how do you notice that in the peloton? Is everyone sort of like talking about it or scared of it? Or Yeah, I mean, you know, especially when I was, was home and, and watching and following a bit in, in Tour de Suisse, I said, oh no, now it starts again. And yeah, you just see it's super, super contagious, this this uh, mutation or whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah, you're just hoping that you that you can stay safe. And, and obviously, you know, it's something we talk about because it's it's such an important and deciding matter for us now uh, to participate in a tour or not. Um, so you're taking all kind of measures you can to, to really stay as protected as possible but you know there's also limits on on what you can really do and yeah uh, we try everything and and hope for the best and i mean then then we will see and does it does it have an impact on your own preparation uh yeah i mean a little bit yeah um so obviously you know coming and and traveling and and also, I, I would have loved to to stay, come a bit earlier home to to Denmark to visit also some some family and and friends that I haven't seen for a long time. Also due to to COVID this year uh, at Christmas, I I I didn't spend at home. I spent away, and the same as after the season, 
I, I, in my last race last year, I, I broke my ligament in the wrist that it was in Belgium. So I haven't been home for more than a year and, you know, plan to come home a bit earlier. But I said now um, with a tour approaching and the cases going up, I'm just going to stay in, uh, in altitude camp a bit more longer and then yeah, focus on stay, you know, not in isolation, but stay as safe as possible from, from this. Yeah, you mentioned your altitude camp. Uh, I don't think uh, it did you any harm looking at your form that you also displayed in, in nationals on the weekend. Uh, bronze medal there, congrats. How do, how do you feel about your own form? Yeah, I feel good. You know, it's, to be honest, uh, you know, it's not really been my year as far concerning results and so on. Um, since since last year, I always, you know, coming with setbacks from, from uh, sickness with COVID in February. Uh, Again, I mentioned I try to really avoid talking because, but you know, that's that's reality now. Uh, and and then afterwards, getting the flu just uh, in the classics. So my classic season were were gone there, and then yeah, coming back. I mean, until latest here in in Dauphiné, where I had uh, two um, wisdom teeth coming out. You know, uh, not sleeping for for a week to. Um, or at least not sleeping properly because I had a lot of uh, dental pain and then removing the two teeth after Dauphiné and then I hope finally it can turn around and at least I can showcase my yeah all, all the hard work uh, I've done to, to be in the uh, best shape as possible and, and I feel yeah generally I feel good good shape just need to yeah to race now and and turn the bad luck into to good luck and have a good period uh, without any any problems. Yeah, because I already mentioned you were on the show last time. It was uh, late 2019 after your debut season. Uh, you talked about personal development, getting a bigger engine, etc. And it really felt like you were taking, especially last year, maybe like massive steps so people could see it in the results. Uh, you were constantly up there in the top 10s, etc., and then, like you mentioned, how all the bad luck in the beginning of this year, how frustrating was that and how did you deal with it, like mentally? It was really frustrating because, you know, when you have a, have a great period like I had last year, uh, you're all motivated to, to ride on the wave, you know, to continue uh, to gain more confidence and, and better results. So after my, my latest accident, obviously, in, in the Worlds with the broken ligament, I did a lot of recovery and focus on that uh, all you really wanted after the season was actually just to go on holiday this I missed as well so I was just super motivated all winter training well and, and actually really good back in super good form at my first race in Valencia where then you know like many others we yeah, got COVID and very sick from it but uh, yeah back to your question like it was for me really really mentally hard um, but I mean, still, I had uh, great support at home from the coach, uh, also from the team. Um, still, you know, it, it took a lot also from the team to, you know, still uh, give you confidence, uh, even though that you haven't, let's say, delivered or at least been uh, having difficulty to deliver from, from other circumstances like this. So uh, I'm just having... have. All the great support around me has has helped me and and to cope with all these these problems. But obviously, 
I think as every athlete can can say this, like when you when you have a bad period or or a lot of things going against you, you know the you you lose immediately a lot of confidence in yourself. You you think uh, maybe you're not doing something right. What's going on? Since you're always having having such bad luck, but you know sometimes that's just life and. The biggest champions, you know, are always those who handle the, the problems the best way because everybody, uh, every cyclist, every athlete, every person, private person in, in life always have a lot of problems um, and yeah, life goes up and down, you know. So I think like thinking about that always helped me to, to come back and continue to, you know, to do everything you can as to come back as uh, strong as possible. Yeah, well, you've had you've had uh, the, the downside this year, so let's go for the upside in the in the Tour de France. Uh, what is your role and what are your own ambitions in this Tour de France? So yeah, of course, my role we still have to to discuss within the team. I mean, we have uh, some days here in Copenhagen to discuss and and think more about that. Uh, especially, you know, there's so many changes all the time with now Florian uh, replacing Tim de Klerk. Uh, I feel obviously also really sorry for, for Tim because, yeah, you know, with with these things, there's just thing out of your, your control. And he had also a very hard spring uh, with a lot of problems, finally working a lot, very hard to come back, finally back. And then this happened, but, you know, you don't know even if it's yourself tomorrow again. So um, at the moment, I don't know really the the role, but um, we will see you the next days. And then um, I just hope uh, to do uh, to be in a perfect shape. And then I know there will be a lot of opportunities in the tour uh, for us as a whole team and for me as, as an individual. Have you already had a, had a glance at the road book? Because uh, we've talked to like on this podcast, we had some riders on the air before. It's like, well, three weeks is a long time. We can't really look at all the stages in advance, etc. But maybe if you are someone who might be eyeing a breakaway, then you, I can imagine that you sort of like try to pick your days and already had a quick look at the road book, like which would be a good stage. So, Absolutely. I mean, there are like... Um... I mean, the stages here in Denmark, we, we will focus 100% on, on Fabio for the sprints. And then I think later on, there are many great stages for, for breakaways, especially on the hilly courses for, for a rider like me. Uh, and I can say, I think it's stage 12. And I'm not really 100% sure, but I think like steps, stage 12 is a perfect stage for, for a breakaway. Uh, but there are many and... and to be honest, I haven't, yeah, I've been focused, focused really elsewhere. But in the winter, I remember I went through all stages and, and yeah, we're discussing with the coaches and, and said that, you know, there are many great opportunities for a rider type like me. And um, so I think for sure in the next three weeks, uh, in the next days, next hours, perhaps even, I will really go through the, the road book really well and start to focus. But normally I'm always just taking day by day and focusing on, on Friday now because um, it can also be a bit, let's I, I don't know, like noisy to focus uh, too on having too many goals ahead and just taking uh, on the more short-term way. Yeah, yeah I, I think you mentioned maybe the stage to Saint-Etienne the day after Up the West. 
Uh, and I must say, preparation for this podcast, I've already marked that one down as a potential stage for you and the day after maybe as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember well then. Then I always remember well. stage 12 had something in my mind. So <laughs> Yeah, 13 to, it is. But be, yeah. Uh, ah, 13, yeah. But 12 wouldn't be too bad either, winning on Abdues. That would be good as well, right? Ah, no, it was 13, so no, <laughs> Abdues would also not be bad, but I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not really. Uh, uh, what, what do you think in, in general about the, this route of the of the Tour de France? Like from what you've seen and heard of it as a, as a route. Obviously, starting in Denmark would make you really exciting. But I think generally all all the tour route is is really not only because to start in Denmark, like you say. I mean, we have uh, some some nice stage around in the in the northern France and also on, on couples. So it's really. Uh, you know, you really have to be, let's say, a good rider and everything here because we have the first days with a lot of wind. Then we have the cobbles, then we have the short, punchy hills, long climbs, nice stages in the Alps as well and the Pyrenees. So I think we have really, really everything in this tour. And um, I just think, you know, okay, there are a bit less sprint stages, perhaps, as, as there is maybe usually is or in the past at least. Um, but I think it's it's a really nice course to to see with a lot of uh, hilly hilly uh, stages and and hard stages. Yeah, well, maybe it's a, it's a good little segue because we got some fan questions coming in as well from the uh, people from the Garmin Denmark uh, account who responded to their call for questions. So let's go through a, a couple of those if you're up for it. Absolutely. Um, so maybe touching on what we just said, like Lasse N asked, like besides riding in Denmark, what do you think will be a highlight of the tour? Hmm. I will say the the cobble stage in in northern France. I think that's gonna be a highlight. It's gonna be exciting if it's gonna stay dry or wet that day. Like I remember me watching as a few years ago you know when they had the wet stage with the year that Nibali won the tour uh, and I think you know was was the year that it also decided a lot of the things in, in that tour and I think it's going to be the same this year super decisive and an important stage cool uh, touching on that as well maybe it's a question from Sir and S he was wondering what is your favorite kind of weather to ride in Many are gonna hate me for this, but to be honest, it's I mean depends on training or racing, but I I feel always good in races in in bad weather. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm from Denmark or not, but I mean it's always uh, yeah the races I've done really well in has generally been in really bad weather. Um, so I don't uh, I don't mind to race in, in bad weather, but obviously for training I I would love the the sunshine and now. With the new Garmin Solar, you can even charge your your Garmin. So yeah, that would be uh, that would be perfect in the in the sun to to just ride, and I don't have to think about charging anymore because now, you know, with all these hours of training, you have to think of all your devices. Your you yeah, your I don't know your shifting uh, on your on your bike, your power meter your grips you know everything is is necessary to charge but now it's nice that it has some some solar charging at least uh, do you then all, but still do you also hope for a little bit of bad weather on those cobble stages or you prefer the cobbles to be dry 
doesn't matter. That's a good question. <laughs> That's a really good question. Of course, it would be. I mean, at least to watch in the television. I was about to say, I'll be just be sitting at home watching. I'll be fine. But yeah, <laughs> exactly in the rain. But I don't know if I would really wish that because it's just gonna make it even more nervous and and a bit too nervous than necessary, perhaps. Um, so the, I mean, that stage maybe I would prefer in, in good weather, sunshine, and then uh, some rain in in some other stages. Uh, perhaps crosswind in in the yeah in the stage with the bridge in Denmark, but we will see. At the moment, it looks like uh, some headwind, but you know, as it is here, we like in Holland, you know, it changes uh, from hour to hour, so you never know. Yeah. Uh- Another question, because you already mentioned, like you're doing, obviously, those lots of hours on the bike. Um, and Christina J wanted to ask, what are you thinking about while you spend all those hours on the road? So I always say, like, for me, the bike is a moment of meditation for me. I, I say that always to my to my fiancé that, you know, when I'm out riding, I don't have disturbances of, of the phone, of, of, yeah, of people trying to get in touch with you or and you know as we spend a lot of hours alone on the bike as well not always in groups but for me it's like a moment to clear my head and i i feel like when i come back home and sometimes it's yeah you are you know stressed a lot of things to think about or consider and when you come home when when i'm on the bike i think about these things and when i'm home it's a lot more clear to me what i need to do and and what is good um so it's kind of a meditation time but still also yeah just to enjoy it i mean the last few years i've learned to enjoy a lot more and to ride it's not that i didn't enjoy riding the bike before but it becomes easy also to to be too focused on training on everything to improve as an athlete but the bike is also you know I feel so lucky to be a professional cyclist to be able to ride my bike every day as as my my work and for me it feels like a, a hobby and I just ride the, you know I just enjoy riding and yeah I mean it's just a great way you know if I have to go even to the supermarket I even I I ride my bike or if I go to yeah to the to the gym fitness or meeting in the center I ride my bike because I like it as, you know, it's as a way of transport, but also just to, to ride it. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a bit mixed, some kind of meditation and enjoyment. I mean, yeah. And you also mentioned just now in your answer, like that focus on getting better. Uh, maybe that's a, a good little segue again to that last question that I want to ask you, because we had someone come in and he said, um, and it is from Ed Runengaard. I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly, but he said, you should ask Mikkel to explain or tell about the value of setting an ambitious goal of working hard and that you wanted to achieve. And that's, he wanted to know because um, you had a clear belief that you would run the tour when you were 25 years old. And you had told him that in high school when you guys were like 17 or 18. Um, that's... That's true. That's true. Actually, I mean, I was I was in high school and I made a bet with my my classmates. I want to ride the tour before I'm 25. Okay, I was I would say half correct because I part I turned 25 in in January this year. Yeah. But um, but still, you know, 
you have to to dream big in life and that's the best advice i can give to to everybody to to be really ambitious and and big because yeah it's it's the dreams that are that are important and this the dreams that take you to another level and improves you um because i mean yeah without dreams you don't get anywhere and and they push you and the ambitions they push you to to be become a better person or or to reach that that dream you have you know um for me i have to be honest you know as a kid i saw it as impossible to to become a professional cyclist to ride the tour de france but you know i said you know i'm just going to dream about it and and try to do everything i can to to reach that that goal and with with whatever you do in life the harder you work uh the better you work you know it will always pay off and that's i think the most important thing to remember especially in a sport like cycling you know it's a very honest spot so the harder you work uh, the more you get you know paid back in the in the other end so um dream big always all right well and then the final question for me then what is now the biggest dream then for the upcoming three weeks uh, that's um <laughs> No one for sure, but um, it's it's also really ambitious. But I hope to yeah to to take a stage win. I mean, in the Tour de France, that's that's my absolute dream. Uh, my you know my goal and ambition was to be here. But then uh, you know I always say to myself, to be here is easy, or lie to myself about it because it's not easy. But I say to myself, to be in the Tour is easy. But you know. You have to be there and and win. I mean, and that's my my goal um, in my my career. I hope to to do it this year. But if it's not this year, you know, it will hopefully come many other chances. But I will hope I hope and and do everything uh, as possible to to do it this year. All right, awesome. Well, we're going to be rooting for you for it uh, for that dream to come through. Uh, I want to thank you for jumping on the Table Talks podcast, Mikael, and I want to wish you all the best in the next what is it like three and a half weeks on the way to Paris for you and the whole Quick Step Alpha Vinyl team. Thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be uh, to be in this podcast, Rob, and talking with you. Um, thanks again, and see you on the on the other side, hopefully. All right, awesome. Thanks for joining us and thank you all for listening and obviously for submitting those fan questions uh, and for Mikko for answering them. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to give us a five-star rating and of course, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a cycling friend. That's it for now. Just make sure, just like Mikko, in the next three and a half weeks, you just never stop cycling. This was Rob Bauer with Mikko Onore of Quickstep Alpha Video Team. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks.